Welcome to What You Wearing. This is episode 19. Wow. And in this episode, we're going to tell you all about back to school uniforms. Yep. And then you're going to tell us all about. Glimplaid is the word, the vocabulary word. Fabulous. Yes. And then we're going to be doing some hot looks, yes. very hot yes. looks. Yes. And fire. I'm going to talk you through the most fashionable brand of American history, J.C. Penney. <laughs> Now, don't okay. you start laughing. I'll the story okay. is good. Okay, it better be. All right, here we are in studio again. Again. Please honk, twi- honk twice if you like the new sound quality of the podcast. Keep your eyes on the road, please. Yeah, well, you can honk and still have your well, eyes on the you road. Know, they well, like to multitask. It, <laughs> it depends. It depends. So, first of all, in, when last seen, we were mm-hmm. talking a little bit about that Victoria's Secret document. Was it, I guess it's a docu-series, right? It was three episodes. It's a docu. What? Look to me, it's a documentary, but they cut it up and they want to call it a series. It's a documentary. It's three episodes, right? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 Um, and so I watched the whole thing. Me too. Right. And it was talking about Fresh the thing that was yeah. really interesting for me is it kept talking about how the fashion business and this underwear company was lying and just trying to make women sex symbols and just trying to use them for their. That's that business. Like, that's the whole business. Like, yeah. I understand the complaints. So these girls are like, and then I was wearing my thong, running around on things. That's, and I, you, I, you I felt like these men were looking at me in a dark way. Yeah, honey. Yeah. You are modeling no, you're thongs. Right. You're right. Right? And I was doing a little read. Heidi Klum said she disagreed with the whole thing. And she loved all of her time at Victoria's Secret. Oh, no. I don't think. No, no, no. I don't think they had bad times. But I think there were bad people woven into it. So then they, like... Searched out for the darkness of it. Right. And boy, did they find it. Well, they, yeah, but they kept, I mean, the fashion industry gets this all the time where people are like, well, and they're, you know, they're, um, they're attacking people for, you know, not being the perfect body. They're attacking, but look at men's fashion. I mean, if you look at an underwear box, right. well, there is I it, think... look, trust me, when I go to Bloomingdale's to buy underwear, I don't buy my underwear at Bloomingdale's, but if I did, and you look at all those boxes, no one has a body like mine. But, and I don't run out of Bloomingdale's but crying. I think, I think the issue is that we are in an era where, Everyone's supposed to get a medal, and everybody's Ugh. included, and everyone's special, and everyone, everyone, Isn't. everyone has their own lane. Everyone's not pretty. Everyone's not ugly. Everyone's not fat. Everyone's not young. There's all departments, and you have to go down your lane. But you can't be pissed because you can't get into. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it, I totally, I totally. As I was watching, I just was like, "Well, you're you're trying to make a scandal out of something that's just not a scandal to me. Like that is fat, that is the fashion, and, and the, I can get the anorexia, and I can get like when you're six foot two and you weigh sixty one pounds, and they're like, no more celery for you. <laughs> I used to do a show called The Look for Less, uh-huh. and the hostess was um, this woman named Joanna House. Yeah, and yeah, she won America's Top Model or something, uh-huh. and she was so funny. I go, Joanna or Joanna? Joanna. She's she goes, no, Joanna. You want a car? You want a House. Gorgeous I'm girl, like, yes. Oh my god, so funny. Yes. And she used to do this thing with her chapstick, mm-hmm. and she would take her chapstick and she put it all on her lips, and she go lunch. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, that is that's so brilliant. Funny. That's but brilliant. I mean, like, those are the kind of jokes, and it's true. Like, I, you know, if if I want to go and look cute, I gotta like, I just can't eat all the stuff. I mean, but I gotta. I, but another thing that I have a problem with is 
fashion is looked to as a, a fantasy. It's supposed to be the extreme of things. It's yes. not supposed to be something to make you feel comfortable. It's not a therapy session. Yeah, it is not. I mean, Do you see and, what I mean? And it's we not... talked about, I actually listened to the past, the, um, the podcast we did last time, and I love what we were talking about where we were in there and we were really looking at what it meant to, um, I don't know, like what it meant to be a person mm -hmm. living your life, right. minding your own business, right. and shopping fast fashion, right? right? Mm -hmm. And then people that were like slow fashion or the whole thing. Right. And then talking about that, it's those elitist people mm. that get to run all the fashion because they're the beautiful. Well, look, those people that are those elitists and are thirty mm -hmm. and have four grand to drop, you know, drop for a pair of pants. Mm -hmm. Those those people are skinny to even have that stuff look good. Yeah, like it's just yeah, yeah. it's just part of how it's it's designed to. to I, anyway, and it's not. Listen again, it's not to exclude anybody. It's just a different. There's a different. There's a kaleidoscope of what's going on on the planet. We can't right. all be. Look, I don't go to Disneyland and. Then just I'm just pissed because there's not like a, a princess that looks like me. <laughs> Where's the bearded princess? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I go there and there's fantasy and I appreciate right, it. Just, I laugh with it. And I move, yeah. but I move along. Yeah. I mean, I don't just go. Oh, they should gonna write a complaint. They right, need to make right. someone look like. No, right. they don't. They need to do their thing. Right. And it either resonates with me and I keep going back there. Or not. Well, if it's it, listen, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Yeah. That's all. It's okay. Anyway, so there's that part, the fashion part. Okay. Yeah. Then when they, I mean. <laughs> They started talking about Epstein, like but Jeffrey see, the Epstein money, running but, all the money. But the money, the my ish, the darkest part of the story for me was what the money was backing. A, a lot of what we saw via Victoria's Secrets, yeah, was dirty money. Yeah, that was my more problem. Not what happened in the industry and being sexy and blah blah. It was the money. Well, they started the first episode like that, and then they started going into Jeffrey Epstein, and the, and then they talked about one of their casting directors for the models was mm. hung in his jail cell in France, yeah, right? And then Jeffrey Epstein hung himself right. too. Right. And I I don't know. I thought it was a but very... at what level are you able to do things like that and get away with it? It's either the government can shut can do shady stuff or people with a lot of money. I think it's people with yeah. a lot of money. The government's just not that organized. No, I'm just saying the, <laughs> I'm just saying people in 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 Washington were dancing with these people from the Victoria's Secret world. They were all yeah, I mean it was they, quite they were all and partying they, together. And so. the Epstein would run around going, Oh yeah, well I'm a cast director for Victoria's Secret models. And it really was like a to me it occurred in those circles like a calling card for but Quasi-escorting kind but of listen, things. But listen, that stuff goes on all the time. But, okay, like, they were talking about like, well, and then I got invited to this party, and I'm like, well, why are you going to this party? Well, it's this glamorous party, and a billionaire wants to be at his house. I mean, when you were doing stuff with Mugle back in Paris in the 90s, and they said, come to this house, and you were modeling for Mugle, you go to the house. Listen, I am telling you, I have I've seen it and witnessed it firsthand, where you're sent as a model. I was, I'll, give it, I'll tell you a story. I was supposed to do a... Um, a swimwear collection. Uh -huh. I'm new, 19, 20 years old in Paris. I'm with an agency. Like, this is all new to yeah. me. They give you an address for your go-see, and you go. You yeah. don't You don't question where you're going. You're, you're, you're trying to get into the industry. And in Paris, you can't tell what's a house or a hotel. Or I mean, a if hotel, you've never you been there before, you like, I, where I, I never this? was out of the yeah. country. Well, I, I did, but not working out of the country. So they gave me the address. It was way out in the outskirts of Paris. You get there, and then you start to realize it's... 
that there's show there's fashion showrooms way out here. I'm like, Uh-oh. but you're like, oh, okay. You ring the doorbell. A Frenchman comes to the door. You assume it's all part of the you know situation. Bonjour. So you go into the seating room. In Paris, you don't know the difference between a seating room or a showroom, just the way the rooms are uh, set up. Yeah. So there's bathing suits, there's a rack of clothes, and they're like, you know, start trying things on. And that's how they figure out who's wearing what in the show. Right. Who looks best in what, whatever. Right. So I'm trying stuff on. This is after six, so the sun's down. Uh Uh-oh. I do know that I'm getting dressed, undressed, in this bathing suit. So I'm naked, okay? Uh There's mirrors lining. The mirrors. There's mirrors lining said showroom. It's someone's living room, obviously. Right. Um, I could see the designer in like the next room, looking into the into the reflections, and I'm like, uh, what? Just come in. You're, happy about you're supposed to you... wait till I have stuff on, then you approve. Do you like it or you don't oh. like it? Blah blah blah. That's when I was like, oh. He was okay. deciding whether or not he liked it while you were putting it on. And putting right, it but what I'm saying is it's really a lot of moments that are unprofessional. And you yeah. have you have that decision to be like, how much yeah, longer then, do I want to do this? But then I've or, also been backstage at shows where things are going quickly and you're not wearing a bra. On, I don't usually wear a bra. Mm-hmm. But like this model's not wearing a bra and they just have to grab her by the breast and adjust her bust and they're mm-hmm. going to touch her. There is there is that. And it could be a oh, yeah. female dress or a male dress, but it's not sexual in that no. way. No. So it's just, I don't know. I think that's a whole, it's a very involved, and, complicated thing. And there's just so many perspectives of it. And think about it. Like for me, you're just leaving your home. You're a teenager. So you're not right. used to, unless you're on, unless you're in sports, you're not used to getting undressed in front of people. Well, we had different childhoods. So like. that's the awkward moment. You're like, yeah, it's, you're it's, trying to like. It's a little John Bonet. You don't, you don't know. You, you're still testing what's going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I, anyway, I. So you can have the, I can see those I, perspectives. I just being got like, that. And then I, yeah. and I saw the dark money of it and how, you know, all that stuff. That's I mean, what I was like. And I, and I'll, and then they were alluding to the Epstein and him were lovers. I think there was something to that. Because I mean, how, how can someone just get power of attorney and power of, Billions and billions but, of dollars handed yes. over to someone that didn't even go to college. But there's so many questions this, like that. Look, I want to have. He some, knows something. I want to know something because there are some reasons, like politically, mm-hmm. why certain people are not actually speaking up and saying something when because they're part of the because they're part of the problem. Part of the problem, or someone has something on them. A thousand percent. But you know, if you think whatever that, happened to that vault of all those National Enquirer? Stories. Remember that? Right. I'm sure. Well, Just saying. I, that's no, okay. I don't. Get into anyway, that, but... speaking of Epstein yes. Yes. and prison uniforms, uh, <laughs> I'm a transition. <laughs> I like the way you did that. Did you like that? We're going to talk about school uniforms. Okay. So when I was growing up, we yes. went. To, I just went to public school. Okay. Merced, the Merced mm-hmm. Bears, and there were no, there was no uniforms. There was no uh, none of that because it would have been too expensive for some people, or mm-hmm. there would have been. So I was is all about swatch watches and oh, Coca yeah, Cola sure. rugby's. Oh, yeah. um, and the girls that had like a Dooney Burke or Liz Claiborne. They Those, were just these too were, cool these for school. Status symbols. That were status. These stat- were like us. that yeah. was some status. Yeah. So um, I think that that is an interesting thing. So I've got lots of clients in their kids at school right now, San mm-hmm. Francisco, down in L.A., and they're putting their kids in these school uniforms. They have to send away and get these school uniforms. And I, what are your what are your thoughts on a school uniform? Like, what age should that start? What do you think it costs us as a society? Um, I, you know, I did private school all up until you are so sixth grade. Bougie. 
So one of the schools was like a religious uh, school, and it was R.T. Hudson, and we wore, the colors were awful, canary yellow shirts, green blazers, a patch, and a green and yellow plaid pant. That better have been in Florida or and South Carolina. Probably polyester, because they were hot. Ooh, where was this? In Chicago? No, this is a school in uh, Northern Bronx, because I grew up in, in Westchester. The- yeah. What? But it was a religious school, so you know. I will say Just this. Just because they know Jesus doesn't mean they should not know color. That's true. But that is the I will wrong. say this. The cool thing of I think uniforms are cool. Let's say after, let's say, fourth grade up until seventh grade in that window. Because you can control people being well, inappropriate at school. Well, like Britney let's Spears put it that wore way. that uniform. Right? That's, yeah. Oops. Yeah. I did it again, right? Uh-huh, that girl, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I think that that was like the sexy schoolgirl kind of a thing. But that was fetishizing children. That's what that was. Yeah, so that's that's because bad, right? That, well, yeah, because okay, but that's my whole point. In the in these schools, there's a length requirement on the yeah. girls' skirts. They get to control and the length of skirts. It's measured, and you you can't just do what you want. And then the boys have to wear either a sweater or a tie, sweater or, or a t- college shirt. Yes, or, at all times. And I just, I mean, what do you think of that though? I mean, you think that that should stop at seventh grade. I think a lot of the reason that people do that is to even the playing field so that kids, like these San Francisco kids that are in these private schools, uh-huh. I'm sure some of them would, I mean, they show up with brand new iPhones. I mean, they'd be showing up in Chanel and Givenchy well, I think and there that. needs to be, I, I think there needs to be some sort of... Uh, it's an equalizer. It, you know it's I mean? an equalizer, but I think it, well, yeah, that's, that for, for even more of a reason, that's the best reason to do that. But just to like, know that when they get out into the world, you still can't do whatever you want at all times. Yeah. There are certain places you can wear certain things, and I think doing that early is a good idea. Yeah, and I also feel like when you put a uniform on, you're like, okay, I'm going to school. That means that there's going to be certain expectations of right. me today. It's like when I am know I'm going to the gym, right? I mm-hmm. put on my gym shorts, I put my gym tank top, and my gym sneakers, and exactly. I have a purpose of like, okay, now... I'm going to go exercise. I don't right. put on my walking shoe and my everyday sneakers right. right, to go to the gym. Right. And I don't put on my gym shoes like an animal to go mm, to work. Right. So they're distinct things. So and I also, think that there's a, it brings purpose to it. And think. you also learn how to behave in certain arrangements. Like when you're in a suit and jacket. Yeah, but these kids don't know how to behave. No, they are I'm a bunch of animals, William. If you're slightly constricted, which is what that is. Mm. You behave and stand a certain way. And uh, or rebel against that. I'm just not saying. Not if you can. There, everyone's like, we need to be really nice to the environment for the next generation. The next generation is super annoying. So we should, we need to see well, how no, they I turn out. I don't want to say that, that. But like little things. Like uh, just quick, quick thing. My, my nephew is in a part of a, um, uh, a hockey. They're young hockey players and they're being groomed to go into NHL. So they're like kind of a little elite group. There were parents that were upset that the boarding schools that they're going to are making the students wear a tie and jacket. Mm-hmm. The parents are pissed off. So now the parents are te- teaching the kids, I want to do what I want at all times. Yeah. And you see what I mean? Yeah. And they let them you have You can't kids. wear a jacket. Why can't we take those kids around? Why can't you wear a jacket for a couple of hours? Yeah. Yeah, well, well we bought we bought sweats we bought sweatshirts in the in the you know in the, in the shop and they want to wear their sweatshirts. I'm like, they need to be taught. You can't wear a sweatshirt in no, a professional they, environment. They just need to be taught. That's that all. They don't get to do whatever they want. And there are rules. Well, that's I'm just what I'm, saying. That, okay. they, I mean, we're going to take yeah, over. We, can we are taking over. Now, speaking of taking over, Eric, <laughs> our producer, is this bossy. Is he getting bossy? I feel like he's a little bossy. Uh, and that there have been things that he's recently done that yeah. I will have yeah, to discuss Yeah, he's on the bossy him. side. Yeah. So he has now sent, started sending us articles to read. Right. I'm like, we are busy. 
Right, but and choosing Does he not understand how busy we and are? And choosing to use his own reference pictures. Yeah. Well, we can't look, let's not scold him. Uh, no, let's not scold we'll do him. that privately. He's not present right now, right, so we can't right, really right, scold right, him. Right. He can't it would speak not up be for himself. Fair. It, let's see if I care about fair. No, I don't. Hmm. Uh, okay, so yes. he says this great article from Vogue magazine. Yes. <clears throat> and it's about this woman that's storing her whole Miyake collection, like in her sofa. Mm-hmm. I mean, what on earth is going on? Like, how do you be a fashionista and have all of that Miyake and yet you don't have room to store it? At first, I was like, how could she? That's millions of dollars worth of clothes. And then I well, thought to my... come on, millions of dollars. Well, if, you, if you're a collector, collector... That girl is 28 a... years old, living in a one-bedroom. She's not having she millions of dollars. She might family money, who's throwing Ugh. money at her to go shopping. She might... Ugh, she's probably a Sackler, based on that business. Anyway, don't even... <laughs> but... I did think to myself, since all of Miyake is known for pleating and pleats, you can just squash it. It's like accordions. You um, can just okay. Please, no one listen to him. No, they're, it's true. It's you fa- can just you don't squash fashion. But those, there, his pieces and his fabrics are one of the few ones that you can like ball in a in a bat. Like you can and it. You can take it out and put it on. Like there's no. It comes right back. Yeah, I know that. So, but what yeah. I'm saying is that if you have this collection, right, it's not just having the money to buy the clothing. You have to then have the space. You have to have right. the money to have the space to properly store the collection. Because some ding dongs yeah. probably got Chanel balled up in a bathtub. Somewhere. Well, then no. Well, that but that's a, that's a different animal. Like Cavalli. Ah, is he still in jail? No, but like his pleated pieces <sighs> and the Miyake stuff, I can see it kind of just squashed, you know, somewhere. Yeah, well, I'd like to see all that Cavalli stuff squashed. Right, and like we said before, these apartments in New York are... Teeny tiny. Tiny. We missed our window to buy one. It was, like, really cheap in 2020, just for the record. No, you would still need... You would need so much more square footage in New York. I can't. I can't. I need the... I need the storage. All right, teach me something, (laughs) William. Teach me something new in our vofab, you, Larry. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? Well, we're going to talk about Glenn Platt. Uh, short term for... It's short for actually someone's name named Glenn Urquhart. It's spelled U-R-G-U-H-A-R-T. No, it didn't sound like it was uh, spelled. Um, known as a Prince of Wales check. Now, it initially the was... Prince of Wales jacket? Prince of Wales is, is the plaid. Wait, isn't Prince of Wales Princess Diana's husband? Who's the Prince no, his of Wales? Name is- Charles it, is the it, that is of the same bloodline, but, but it was long before uh, they were okay. even born. I'm just not okay. I'm just asking questions that the listeners might want to know answers to. Honk twice if you agree with Mark Allen. Thank you. Silence. Uh, it was first used in the 19th century and worn by New Zealand-born Countess of Seafield, and basically prior to her, it was seen as um, a less formal fabrication. So you normally would never wear it after six. It's more of a uh, daytime. So what does it look like? What does Glenn Platt look like? It's basically, the best way to describe it is, they say two dark, two dark and two light stripes alternating with four dark and four light stripes. So in one color, it could be any color. Normally it's uh, neutrals and muted or muted colors. Like normally you'll see it like in a black and a gray combination. Okay. Or a brown and tan. And it's a a grid, right? It's a a grid. It's almost like if you took... um, Best way to uh, uh, a plaid of one kind, like yeah. a square three by three, 
and it's rotated the direction and then put them together. I'm so confused. Okay, so plaids, right? Yeah, so a plaid uh-huh. is all grid. All plaids are a grid, right? Right. But okay. some, the different ones, so how, do, how they let me shift. Just, so let me just ask yes. you this. So uh-huh. how do plaids differentiate? So what are some other names of plaids? There's Glen plaid. There's Glen close. Ha! <laughs> there's Glen plaid. Glen plaid. There is, uh, there's tartan plaid. Okay. There's a herringbone, which is considered a, a plaid. Herringbone is not a plaid. It's not a plaid, but it's con- it's that but same. But I mean, like, but like there, because I know, like, when you go to Scotland, right? I've yeah. heard which that, is where it originates from. Okay, that the plaids that uh, a certain plaid would uh, represent a certain family. Right. Right. Okay. So the Glen plaid is this family from the Prince of Wales. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. totally with you on mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So what differentiates these plaids is the width of the stripe, the c- number of colors used, like it's what the patterns and where they, the origin of them are. Okay. But like if the origin is from one from Scotland and one from Ireland and one from London. Welsh, the one could be Welsh. The, the, it's even co- broken down into the areas of one country. Got it. Okay. Who but, wore it? When they wore it? But what I'm saying is, if they're all, if this is the same color, and I look at three plaids, right, from three different areas, right. how will I know they're different? Well, sometimes, like with Glen Plaid, they started as, as it came off, let's say the, um, the woods where the people were hunting yeah. in it, and it came more into the boardrooms and blah blah blah. The colors that were in the different plaids represented where they were from. Got like it. if you okay. saw a Glen so like, Plaid but, with blue running through it, that means that was. A, that person was a true blue blood. So okay, so the plaids are all basically the same graphic design, but the colors are the only thing that changes. Well, well like the hound's tooth, the shape of the plaid is different, and like with Glen plaid, it's more kind of linear. Okay, so, so not all plaids are linear. I'm trying to think of like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. So plaid is really a print. Well, a print is something that is uh, applied to an already. An already fabric. Okay, so like, but a plaid is a is, like these is, t-shirts we're wearing are printed, right? These are printed, okay. but a plaid is is a is a, it's it's a weave. It's more of a textile okay. than a print. A print is more of a. I mean, if you buy something plaid at H and M, it's probably printed. But yes, no, I, no, they 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 do real plaid stuff there. So the plaid um, is woven, yeah, tight fabric. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, good. That's yeah, good. and like you know, like with printing, that involves more like. Um, Colors and it's 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 a completely different, and process. it uses different colors. Right. To be able, okay, good. Right. All right, good. Right. I'm with you. I'm and with the, you. I think there's probably less steps in a plaid, whereas when you start printing stuff, you have to. It's paintings. It's 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 a much more intense. Situation. Right, and this one seems very linear. So you just have one line of blue mm-hmm. and then another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to see how it came from being something that was kind of cheap and worn, but you know, in the fields. And only hunters wore it, and then it kind of came into the boardroom, and then, you know, into schools. Into you know. school because there's a lot of plaids, think... and some of the plaids are based on like if a, if a school picks a plaid, it'll be based on the founders of the school are or the right. area they're in, and it dictates like the colors, and then the colors of the school, and sometimes that's incorporated into the plaid. You know that there are a bunch of schools using a bunch of plaids, and they have no idea what the history oh, of the plaid absolutely. is. Well, it's, it, but it's to it's to to kind of associate yourself with the elite, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, you don't know the story. Like, there could be a plaid from a really bad group of people. Right, but and people are like, oh, on. They're not doing that research. They don't know. They're like, oh, this is plaid. I'm like, no, a plaid is not a plaid is what I'm hearing from you. And I think that's where they got it from, inc- taking it from, let's say, old England yeah. into boarding schools because we were trying to associate with 
you know, royalty and what have you. But the cool thing about in modern day, like we talked about last week, is, well, who started making it cool to me and bringing it into fashion was Ralph Lauren. Yeah, I mean, he did that he, really he strong in the first. 80s, smoking coats and... But, like, denim with, you know, houndstooth jackets and then, like, cargo pants and then car- cargo um, cowboy boots all together. Right. Or a motorcycle jacket. And, like, he's the one that kind of took all the world's and put them all together. I just remember growing up that there'd be like, <clears throat> at I went to a Presbyterian church and it's uh-huh. at Christmas time, there are all these red plaids and these women would wear red plaid pants. Uh-huh. And a, tartan, and a that's gor- when you right? get tartan plaid. And a gorgeous, um, you know, cashmere white sweater uh-huh. or a plaid, you know, pleated skirt. My mom had a bunch of those. But, but if you go back to the era that they come from, it was taboo to wear anything plaid at formal events. So you weren't supposed to wear them to church. You weren't supposed to wear them to weddings. It was just daytime. It was daytime or business. So I mean, we should do that it again. It has evolved. I mean, I think that that ties very nicely into the school uniforms. Only for the daytime kids. Right. Only for the daytime. But if you're at night school, then Ooh. you weren't paying attention to the daytime. I guess not. <laughs> All right. Thank you, William. Now Thank we know you. a little bit more about Glenn Plaid. Glenn Plaid. Okay, hot looks. Hot. I'm gonna have my hot look first. Yes, I'm gonna do it. have. I'm do gonna it. have. Now listen, yeah. I was going through, and it's a, kind of a weird time because it's like pre Emmys and the fall's kind of coming, so mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot going on. But I did find a red carpet. Okay. To evaluate and judge. Okay. And um, it judge. was the um, Lord of the Rings. I would say I always almost say Lord of the Flies. But the Lord of the Rings, Circle of the Ring. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And it's the new series that they're doing on Amazon Prime. Okay. Which I don't have Amazon Prime. Mm -mm. So I don't know what that is. But Mm -mm. it's a new series on there. And there was this girl, woman, lady, Uh madame, Mm -hmm. at the London premiere of that named Markella Cavanaugh. Mm -hmm. And she was wearing the most elegant, like, first of all, this picture will get up for you guys on Insta. And if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, I think mm-hmm. you'll also be able to see it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, <laughs> it was poofed shoulders, yeah. gorgeous fit through the body, all black, okay. and it had embroidery through the. It was like this elegant, almost on theme of the Lord of Rings, right. Lord of the Rings. But it was also very like fashion and beautiful. It reminded me of Ghost. Do you remember Ghost? Wait, with not Patrick Ghost, Swayze? not Ghost, no. I'm talking fashion. This is not a movie podcast. I, I well, it's I'm, entertainment. I, I'm sorry, I'm not ghost. Voyage. Remember Voyage? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Voyage. It okay. looked like it could have been that. That velvet, big shoulder, and then this beautiful fit through the body. And it's what was the color? Do we know? Black. Black. Okay. And it was. It, and I'm not. It, it, for some reason, it just really struck out at me because there were people in like silver bustiers and, you know, guys okay. in suspender. I was like, ugh. But you got to her, and she was very elegant. And so it was a was medieval vibe, which is medieval. what, which is just, what the... It was so, and I've looked everywhere, and I cannot find out the name of the designer. So, Michaela, mm, call I could, me. I could try to find me. out, too. Well, I've just been looking. We... I can't find it. I'll get it. Anyway, it was really quite amazing. And I love when someone can wear something that's on brand for right. what they're working on without mm-hmm. it looking like a costume. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's my whole look. Okay, okay. Well, you know, the cool thing about um, that movie and that franchise is it kind of bridges... You can kind of, you can go if you can go uh, costumey you can go with it with that franchise because of the subject matter and the period and blah yeah. blah blah. I mean I think she's one of the first people <clears throat> one of the first ones to play one of the little women. 
No oh. people. I don't know. I don't read the whole thing. We're going to find oh, out. Yeah. Inquiring minds. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All right, William. Well, my hot look came from the black carpet at the VMA Awards. The black carpet? Well, it, the, the carpet was black. Oh, I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 I'm like, are we segregated again? What's happening here? What are you talking about? She's There's like a white carpet and a black ladies carpet. And gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to 2022. The white people go in here. The black people go in no, here. No, no. It's, it's, it's basically them trying to get away from the traditional I went to the know, male red carpet. I went through that VMA stuff and I can't wait to hear what you like cuz I thought well, you know, I like so things, much trash in that. You thing. know I like a little trash I like it often trashy and Well, you must have been a heyday. I was had a bowl happy. of popcorn watching I was thing, very going, happy. Hey. There was a new vocalist named Conan Gray who's kind of a gender bending kind of non-binary non-binary <laughs> non-binary <laughs> artist that I really gravitated to and loved. He had a um a bolero jacket, which you know I love bolero jackets, and bolero jackets are basically a blazer, but the bottom of the jacket is right below, let's say, a bust line. So right, yeah. that's just a super, super crop jacket. Um, but it was kind of sculpted and cut in kind of an abstract way, and then from where the end of the jacket would be was yeah. just almost Chantilly lace. So it's a white jacket, and then just white um, Chantilly lace all the way to the floor, almost kind of very bridal-esque. So it's like a... He, they were wearing, they, right? Uh-huh. They were wearing uh-huh. a bolero with uh-huh. a full-length lace blouse? No, uh, uh, almost try to imagine a train attached to the bolero jacket. Oh, okay. So the jacket, the bolero part is like opaque, like a Who jacket. Who that? It was a designer named Harris Reed. Oh, I don't know. So it's like, like Dwayne Reed, maybe not mm, Dwayne Reed. No, it's two E and D, <laughs> not E-A. Not oh. read, like reading. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, you need your glasses. Yeah, getting them yes. now. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So, like, the arms and the, the body of the jacket is opaque. And then from the... Oh, yes. There we have it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it, it, the cool thing is they decided to do it with a black pant. Because if it was all white, it would look like full-on bridal. Yeah, but, I mean, I could have seen some, like, white python leggings. But that little lace trimming reminds me of all those beautiful hand-done Richard Tyler lace. Yeah. Veil. Oh, and then the platforms are from the Marc Jacobs collection. Really? And then he wore another amazing outfit uh, by Valentino. Um, and it was, like, this blood orange, um, basically, evening cape. And it was uh, organza and silk. I mean, what is wrong with us, William? I've never heard of these people. I was scrolling through those VMAs. I hadn't heard of any of those people on their carpet. Well, I think think now, though, in music, like, you have to think back pre uh, the internet, the window of people that you even knew existed in music was so small. It was based just on what the record was. So there was only so many names that were part of the big picture. But now it's like with YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, like, it's millions and millions of people that are being followed by millions and millions of other people. I, so I can, you can't I, keep up. You I just, can't keep up, and I refuse to try. Is that <clears> no? You me? shouldn't. I'm you, not gonna try. Do you like what you like? I know. I just I just knocked something on the floor. He's tearing the place up, y'all. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that is yeah. um yeah. that is our hot. Looks. I loved it, and these are, these are looks I would wear. So I, I gravitate to things that I get would ready, wear. people. Get ready. <laughs> All right. Next, I'm got a very special. Just for you. I can't wait to hear this. Brand view. (laughs) 
All right, so I um, was looking through my Chanel and Gucci's and Prada's and all that, and I just, Mitch. every once in a while, mm -hmm. when I look at what we've done on this podcast, one of my favorite brand views we've ever done was Old Navy. Because mm -hmm. I thought it was so relevant, everyone knew what that is, and just the story of it and where it came from and all that was very interesting. So, did you grow up around a J.C. Penney? Uh, there was one, yeah, uh huh, in White Plains, I believe. Uh huh. Yeah. So they, um, I'm gonna just read the story. So what I found is I found this whole, and that was back to the catalog. Those are the catalog days. Well, the catalog. Is, I'm gonna I'm gonna mm -hmm. read this through for you. I, I found it to be very interesting. The uh -huh. story. So J C Penney was founded in 1902, okay. and his name's it was James Cash Penny. I mean. Really? Your middle name is Cash, and you're going to go make some cash selling clothes? I, where did this start? I've just, I have a theory in my head. Just with the name. Um, where? Where do you think? I'm thinking the South. No. I hear Cash. No, totally wrong. Wyoming. Well, ish. That's not the well, that's, South. It's not no, the South, no, but it's, that it's is the, the country. It's, that's it's, the Midwest. It's, you know, the wide plains. open plains. and you know. That, that is not the same thing as the South. I know. Anyway, um, don't get me started. Okay. And now there are stores in U.S., uh, United States, Puerto Rico, Mexico, and Chile. Okay. Olay. Hi, David. Um, in 2011... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I mean, I can't. In 2011, <laughs> JCPenney was the largest retailer in the United States when you include their catalog business. Oh, yeah. The largest retailer in the United In 2011, that means that's oh, more than... Oh, 2011. Yeah. Well, they, but they're, they're aligned with, like, uh, Target. Like, you know, but that's... That's the bulk of what people can spend, well, is that demographic. In the 1990s, they transitioned from what they were doing, because they had appliances and all this stuff going right. on. And they transitioned in the 90s um, to into fashion. So okay. they let go of the washing machines and started getting more into fashion. As you know, right. they're yeah. a fashion mecca. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they really boomed in the teens and 20s of the 20th century. Um, all of these little Western towns, mm -hmm. because they offered goods at one fair price. And one thing is, when I give you all these numbers, the net profits were never that never that big. Right. So they really counted on a ton of merchandise to get to that. Mm -hmm. So in 1970s, they got really started to struggle because Walmart's opened, and yeah. that really took away a lot of their market share. Mm -hmm. Okay, so their first store was in Camerer, Camerer, Camerer. Wyoming. Mm -hmm. He was 26 years old. He opened a store called The Golden Rule. 1902, he started um, with $500. $500. He took $500. And this is Mr. Cash? Yep. Okay. And he invested with these two other gentlemen. Okay. And in the first year, they created a store. Now, one of the things that was happening back then is people were taking all this money on mining credit and store credit, and they were going to be cash only. So this was the first store to say, You want that shirt? Okay, mm -hmm. it's a dollar. Oh no, you're not gonna pay us in three months for your shirt today. I'll gladly buy you a hamburger for pay you for what does that say? Oh, I don't know. That was, There's a whole thing from Popeye, you don't yeah, remember. It, yeah. Um anyway, <laughs> so they started in and everyone thought he was crazy for doing that with no credit. Right? Gotcha. In the first year of business, they did twenty eight thousand eight hundred and ninety eight dollars. So you're saying they were they he was kind of allowing kind of a layaway thing or nope, they were none, cash only. So you took all that away, just said that he wants the shit to pay for it. And I think there's a lot of shenanigans going on back then that people weren't getting their money and the local merchants were struggling. So he just said, no, we're not doing that. Okay. And 1907, so just um, five years later, he bought out the two other guys. Mm -hmm. 
And um, he was the full owner of what he then founded as JCPenney. Wow. Um, now, brilliant. So here's how he expanded. This he started opening up all these stores. Right. So in 1909, he had 34 stores. Okay. Okay. So that is just two years. Okay. What he did was he allowed the store managers of all these stores mm -hmm. to purchase a third of the business. So that meant that if I was going to open a gap, mm -hmm. that you could be the manager of the gap and buy one third of that gap and you'd own a third of it. So that store would be your store. So you'd have actual ownership in it. Right. Stock. So what I happened, guess. not stock, you like well, own a well, third of the store. Okay. Right? So what happened is they blew up because all these people got this ownership and they kept selling because it was their their thing, mm -hmm. right? Not just bringing someone in that's going to change their mind and move to another thing. So More also, of an incentive. Right, and it also kept people in in, in, um, in place at their job for a lot longer. Um, wow. So 1912, they did $2 million. Now, in 1912, So two, this is only three years that it, it was five years after they uh, after you bought out the partners. $2 million in 1912. Wow. 1913... Um, they moved to New York City and they created the JCPenney and Company. So up until then, it was still going by the golden rule. But 1913 is when they moved a whole thing into New York City. They built a building. They had It was like a whole thing going on because they wanted to be closer to where all their um, resources were. Because everything okay. was coming from New York. Yeah. Right? 1915, 83 stores. 1917, 175 stores. You want to know how he made it and really killed it? Uh. Is private label. And so what he did was rather than trying to get other brands, he made up his own brands and he had complete control over distribution mm -hmm. and profits. Mm -hmm. So you can market up. So the men's lines, this is brilliant, are you ready? They were called um, Waverly. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine, menswear, maybe mm -hmm. Windsor. Mm -hmm. The men's main like jeans and work shirts was mm -hmm. called Big Mac. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I'm like, I'll go. No, who, it makes sense. Who did your shirt? Big Mac. And then... Um, <laughs> but these are terms before... I I would assume these are terms... That before were McDonald's, used... right? McDonald's. Yeah. So no, then yeah. the next one, which is... I mean, if you think about this now in terms of all of the um, uh, non-binary culture and all that, the mm -hmm. name of the women's lingerie collection mm -hmm. was Lady Like. And so it's L A D Y, and then the next word's like L Y K E. I'm like, Whoa. that's someone trying to be funny. No, but it wasn't. No, it's but not. I, yeah, ladylike. Anyway, um, so then they started making some real money. 1923, they founded Penny Farms, and it's 120,000 acres in northern Florida to help the struggling farmers. Oh, wait for it. 1925. So this is only. What are we at now? 15 years later. Wait. Six. Farms. That could be a good drag name. Sorry. Six hundred seventy-four stores. Wow. Ninety-one million dollars. Wow. And what year is this? Nineteen twenty-five. So that's... that is a lot of money. Nineteen twenty-five. Nineteen twenty-six. He created the Memorial Home Community, a sixty-acre oh, okay. residential place in Florida. Again. For retired preachers and missionaries. These are amazing causes, though, I gotta say. They're good causes, yeah. right? But so he's, he was like this good guy, yeah. right? Yeah. And he ran all this himself. 1929, they entered the stock exchange. Now, here's what's really interesting. 
they had such a reputation for providing good quality and good value mm -hmm. that during the Great Depression, their revenue increased. Increased! Yeah. Because people are like, I need a good shirt. I don't trust. I'm going to just buy it from JCPenney because I can trust that it's going to be the best value. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 1929. Um, so 1936. So now we're 20 years in. $250 million, 1,496 stores. Wow. 1945, nine years later, $500 million, 1,600 stores. Wow. 1949. They went into something called a drive-in shopping district. Ooh, what's that? A mall! That's oh. what you used to call a mall. Um, okay, okay. You're like, what's that? It's a mall, honey. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> and they uh, started placing themselves in all these malls. So they anchored themselves in all of these really, you know, community malls all uh -huh. over the country. Uh -huh. Which, cut to 50 years later, yeah. was like the downfall of them. Wah, wah. Okay, 1951, so almost 50 years after they got going, right? Uh -huh. So 1952, within okay. 50 years, okay. they hit $1 billion. 1951, $1 billion. Now, you ready for this statistic? What? All of that was just their retail business. Oh. 1962 is when they entered the mail order business. That's when the money started coming in, for real. It took a while. Oh, really? But 1962 is when they actually started. I always thought that they were like Sears mm, yeah, me and too. just had the penny catalog all that time. That's what I thought. Nope. Oh. And they had, um, call, you could actually order from the catalog from within all their stores. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 1963, they had their first line of stores on the East Coast. 64, they built a 45-story office building in New York for their business. 1945. 1964, sorry. And it makes me think of when you walk through New York and you see the names of businesses on buildings yeah. and you just think, oh my gosh, that's like such an accomplishment for that company. Yeah. Right? From $500 investment to a 45 story, not 45 office, like 45 story. 1968, $3 billion. Oh my God. 1970, Mr. James Cashpenny dies at the age of 95. Wow. Companies' sales that year were $5 billion. 1973, 2053 stores. Then he starts getting very smart, that company. 1975, they got the licensing for all the Sesame Street. So all the Sesame Street, Bert and Ernie, and all those t-shirt vintage, all of that came from JCPenney. They had their wow. exclusive on all that. 1976 um, to 85, they started their restoration. Mm -hmm. um, they, in 1979, they became the second largest catalog in the U.S., Wow. And that must be second to the uh, Sears Robot catalog, I'm assuming. Because Sears and Robot catalog, you can buy like a tractor and all that from. So and, but I think, but I also think that was the beginning of that era of catalogs. Yeah. I believe. Spiegel and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. 1981, 11.9 billion, 13.6 billion in 1986. That's a long, that's a good long run. They moved to Texas in 1986. 1,250 people lost their jobs in New York, but oh, they saved they a went, bunch of money. Okay. And they had 1,482 stores. Okay? 1989, they got the Olymp Olympic licensing. Wow. So they all the Olympics. You had If you had anything from the Olympics, from the 88, no, sorry, from 92, 94, mm -hmm. all that was from wow. JCPenney. And they de debuted the JCPenney Shopping Channel, 
which obviously failed because neither of us have ever even heard of it. Never Thank you very much. Um, by 1992, they were 18 billion, 93, 19 billion, 94, 20 billion. They just continued That's, from the beginning of wow. their time to grow and grow and grow. Then nobody it start, Then it started going downhill. Oh. 2020, they hit bankruptcy. Now. I did some searching to find out what happened, and I've got a couple things for you about that. So there's, um, in 2018, they're down to 864 stores. But their revenue was still up at $10, million, $10 billion. So they were actually making similar amounts of money. They just restructured how they were doing their well, company. Well, you got a downsize, too. In 2018, there were 750 JCPenney salons. Hair salons, thank you, and 642 <laughs> Sephora shops in JCPenney. Um, so really what happened is there was a loss of vision. They lost JC. Right. Not Jesus Christ, but JC mm-hmm. Penny. Not even and close. they lost, um, their customers went to other retailers, Target, Walmart, fast mm-hmm. fashion. Mm-hmm. And they're stuck. They have all these leases stuck in these malls that are dying. So all the American malls, they're in these leases they can't get out of. So they're paying why because the, 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 the contract why well, they so signed long? a contract that they're a 40 year lease and they can't get and they're seeing these malls that are empty, dead. And they went through all and they tried in 2011 to redo it. And they brought in this guy from Apple, Ron Johnson, to be their CEO. Mm-hmm. He did no testing, he just redid the whole concept. Uh, so much ego involved, and they just tanked. They lost a ton of clientele because the number one thing he wanted to do was get rid of all coupons and all clearance racks. And that's their customer. Their customer wants that. So he lasted yeah. 17 months until he got Ouch. fired. Then cool. they got in this other guy, Ellison, who used to be the Home Depot CEO, about bringing in appliances. And there was that nothing that- you just that, got rid of years ago. I mean, ago. it's not going well. Um, it, here's what it really got. So they, they are lost, is mm-hmm. where they're at now. Mm-hmm. And they really need JC to come back. And the last, what it made me think about this whole thing was really that- You've got to have, you've got to know who's going to take over your vision. You know, Mr. Yeah. Armani does not have someone set besides his niece to take over that vision and really. Or what, or what brands that I think are able to continue on when the founder passes on, that founder is smart enough to have a protege with them for a long period of time. Right. Right. Not for like three years. Because there was like no somebody, story of that, like like his right hand man for like a decade, right. and then, and Jay Z didn't have a you know son or there's no one that they, they spoke of no one that he's right. mentoring. Well, that's, so that that's was, the problem of being and a lone leader. That's yeah. and that's what leadership yeah. is. Leadership yeah. isn't just being right. strong and powerful and smart. You it's also being able to please yourself. Anyway, that's J C Penney, mm-hmm. American classic, mm-hmm. with a super strong first. 80 years yeah. and then uh, no, for the rest but well no that's that's no it's, it's commendable it's, to, to run that long it is i think that when he so died like, he died with a big smile like look what yeah I did. you had a good run and now he's up in heaven going what did you do they anyway tried. so one last thing what's that print t-shirts print uh-huh. Uh-huh. when like do you wear print screen? t-shirts because um, I wear them all the time, but mm-hmm. when I'm going to work, I feel like they're not dressy, so I only wear solids or stripes or a floral. I think if you, I think you can make something more fun with a printed shirt. So like when those moments that you don't feel as dressed as you should be, yeah. you put you know put a jacket on. If like I, if you put if on I a could ja- just fit in a if jacket. you put on a jacket right now, you could go to like an event or an evening thing. 
No. Yeah, you could. No, I would look like so dumb. No, it's like a white a... t-shirt with a print on it. Winter, but with a blazer and some cool pants. You don't think that'd be cool? No. Oh, well. I think if I had a hot body, it would. To each its own. They're not looking at your body if you have a jacket on. Yes, they are. Everyone's always looking at my body. But you got a jacket on. Nobody no, wants to see all Everybody that. wants to see all the time. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank Sharing. you for... You have to share. Share it. Liking. Listen to it. Like it. Follow us. And now us. watching. And now I guess you can watch us. Yeah. I don't know how that's If you want be. to. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And we will see you next time on What, what You're, you're Wearing. wearing.